This episode of Half Measures is brought to you by Mission Log, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. Hi, I'm John Champion, co-host of Mission Log. While Daniel and Paul are doing a bang-up job covering the wide world of pop culture, we're talking Star Trek, one episode at a time, over at Mission Log, looking for morals, meanings, and messages. In fact, there are a whole lot of other shows at podcast.roddenberry.com for you to choose from science, feminism, even daily news, and all stops in between. Boldly go and find us. When you're done here, of course. Again, that address is podcast.roddenberry.com, and we will be delighted to have you trek us out. Kia ora, and welcome to another episode of the, the Half Measures podcast. I I sort of I started there because I was going to laugh because um, Paul and I were having a laugh before we started. But anyway, I'm joined today by my 10 second friend, Her Majesty's royal subject, always on time, the Master Tea Brewer, the Demon Bringer. See your faces, done, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's Paul Canawa. How you going, Paul? Dan, thank you for that. I have to say, as soon as I did what I did last week. I immediately regretted it because I thought, oh, he's going to come back stronger. He's always going to come back stronger. And, I, you know, the master tea brewer set your phases to stun. Really, really good effort. You you picked up some of my my some of my strengths there. So I, I really appreciate the effort you've made there, Dan. That's more effort than I've seen you make on this podcast in some time. So well done. And look, I almost got through it without um, yeah. without laughing. In fact, I, I rehearsed it before I came on the, the podcast with you to oh. see if I could, if it all kind of rolled off the tongue. I put at least three minutes effort into that. So I, I think it's a new thing we bring in. I, I really enjoyed it. I, look, I enjoyed it. I don't know if I could do it each time. It sounds like too much work and I'm not about the work. So we'll see how we go. Maybe you can just have one or two of those titles that could be a regular. I, I quite like the Master Tea Brewer. Um, I, I, like I, I like the 10 Second Friend. You know? <laughs> yeah, I'm, th- I'm thinking, okay I, oh, okay, I just got that. Of course, that's Fast and Furious. Oh, wow, brilliant. Okay, I missed oh, that Thanks one. for bringing it up today, Paul. Yeah. Topic of the show. <laughs> no, it just could, kidding, just it could be, it could be. Anyway, welcome back to uh, another episode. So episode 23, um, glad to have you with us. But before we get into it, Paul, if I wanted to find out you know, how to get in touch with the show, hear more about Half Measures Podcast, where would I go? Funny you should ask, Dan, because you can follow us at Half Measures Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So if you've got a movie or TV show you want to recommend or something for us to review, get in touch. You can drop us a line also at halfmeasurespodcast.com. We always love the mailbag questions. And, um, yeah, you can find the links to all the social media in the description for this episode, wherever you're listening, as well as the link to our Discord community channel, which we'd love to get you involved with as well. Very nice. Now, we've actually got one addition to the um, list of ways that you can, I guess, contact the show, support the show. We just today have set up a, a new Patreon page now, I know, I know. Very show exciting. Me show me the money. Sorry, show um, me the money. It's all about the money. Right? <laughs> I just wanted to use look, that quote from Joe McGuire as soon as I heard it, you say. Any, any money will be going direct to the social media manager. Good. Um, 
basically we've probably got some arrears that we probably owe that person. Anyway, so we'll set up a new, um, we'll set up a Patreon account. So if you'd like to support the show, you can do that at patreon.com slash half meshes podcast. Now we're going pretty simple with our, our tiers. I know that um, different podcasts or different people you may support on there have a whole variety of things. We're, we're going to start easy. We're going to ease ourselves into it, see what the uptake's like. And so we've got two tiers on offer. So we've got the, if you just want to support the show, you don't expect too much in return, um, then we've got the, look, I'll support you. And that's where you chuck us three bucks on a on a, a monthly sub. That'd be great. Helps keep the helps keep the lights on at night gathers. Um, and then we've got the the slightly more expensive tier, but what an offer. This is the the five dollar tier and it's called Look, I'm the producer now. And if you support us at, at the five dollar uh, monthly tier, then you'll get to be a producer of the show. In fact, why don't you put it on your LinkedIn? I produce the the Half Measures podcast. You know, we'll be internally grateful for you. Um, we'll give you a call out on the show. And already we've already just set this page up today. We've already got um, two producers of the show, um, both both fans of the show. One of them is uh, Samara King. Congratulations. Welcome. First Welcome. producer. Welcome. Welcome. And then um, our second producer, let me just get this name right, Paul Kanoa? Can, can, like can, Kenobi. Can, can, like we'll, we'll check that out and we'll, we'll, we'll get it, we'll get it sussed out. But look, if you'd like to support the show, we'd really appreciate it. It will, um, help us, I guess, invest more into the show, improve the quality. Um, it'd be really great. Obviously, no pressure to as well. Entirely up to you. We know it's, we know it's definitely hard times out there. But anyway, we hope you enjoy the show. Anyway, we've got quite a bit to talk about today. So we've got a whole bunch of what have we been watching. We've done a, a, a sort of a, a review of the Bad Samaritan movie. We've got a whole bunch of news. We've got the mailbag. We've got peak performances. It's going to be jam-packed. It's going to be great. I'm excited. I honestly, I feel like I, I can't wait to listen to this, but then I realize I have to actually be part of the contribution. So I guess I have to do a bit of work. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're, you're, you're part of the show, but okay, you're also a okay. producer. That's complicated. Sorry, yeah. so, <laughs> so let's actually uh, start with Paul. What have you been watching? Well, at the risk of sounding like a broken record, I've, I've, and I don't know, I don't think I can call it a damn winding two weeks in a row because, you know, last week you came in really hot. Uh, but, yeah, I haven't been watching too much because we've been powering through Dark. Um, and so we're now into season three of Dark, the, the most recent season. And it's it's getting pretty – look, I'm going to be honest. Look, it's getting pretty complicated. It really is. Um, and I'm going to give a really quick shout-out before I forget to my wife, who's, who sits there on the couch next to me watching the show. And honestly – I sometimes think she looks over and she's got a look on her face where she's questioning many decisions in her life because she's like, she's saying, oh, I can't believe that Agnes's son is the one who was with Marta. And I'm like, I have no idea who these people are that you're talking about. It's This show is complicated and I don't understand what's going on or what, what timeline I'm in half the time. But what I can say is I feel like I'm at a party and I, whilst I might not be involved on the dance floor, I'm really enjoying the vibe of the party. It's a, I'm really enjoying the show. I'm, I'm understanding enough to get by, um, but I feel like a rewatch 
may be in order one day and I may I may understand it uh, a little better at that point. But yeah, really enjoyable. Um, season three turns it up a dial. It gets, um, you know, they, they, they start exploring things that I know we're going to we're going to do a, a joint review of that when we both get across the finish line for, for season three. But um, yeah, so one of the reasons why I haven't got too much to talk about this week is because we've been watching a lot of Dark um, and I want to save most of that for, for when we do our dive in. So um, other than our joint review of Bad Samaritan coming up after this session, um, the only other movie I've got to talk about is, what's it called? Ah, oh, Fast and the Furious. Tokyo Drift. Have you heard of that one, Dan? I. It's a small indie project, isn't it? I, mm. I've. Mm. I have seen that movie a few times. I'm looking forward to your review, Paul. Let's let's get into it. I, I feel like there's some sort of personality disorder going on here because, like, you're like, oh, look, I only ever endorse the first movie, and now all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, I've watched this this movie a few times. Um. I'm go- I'm I'm coming in I'm coming in with some negativity, Dan. So get ready. Um, first of all, um, you're representing me now. What do you think? I was going to let you roll in a Hyundai. Now, that line in that in that, in that movie, I, I, f- I found that a little offensive to to drivers of Hyundai's. Uh, they are a very good automobile, very good safety um, rating, fuel efficient, good on road performance. Um, you know, I, I just I, I feel that was a little uncalled for. Um, so yeah, another favorite uh, line of the, uh, for me was, man, you need me. You'd still be shaking down tea houses for chump change if it wasn't for me. So another another great line. Um, okay, where do I start here? So I watched the first half of this movie at home and I got half a few. I just couldn't carry on. I just, I, I, I couldn't cope, but I wasn't going to stop. I was I was going to make sure I finished it for the, for the good of the, for the good of the podcast. I watched the second half on the train. And what I wasn't anticipating was, you know how when someone sits next to you on the train and they're sort of, they're not looking, but you know that they've looked at your device, oh, what's he watching? I kind of felt like, oh, God, I don't know if I want people to see I'm watching this. And there was also times when, especially when they were learning to drift, yep, you know those scenes? I was kind of thinking, do I hit the the fast forward button? I didn't, but um, yeah, I felt like I could have been easily watching some WRC. Um, Look, I, I can't explain to you, Dan, what it is, but maybe it does appeal more to a car fan or a racing fan, uh, perhaps. I don't hide behind that reason myself as a reason for not necessarily enjoying it, because when I think about, um, what do we got? You know, movies like uh, Drive, Baby Driver, Bullet, um, The Italian Job. You know, I love all those sort of car movies, so I'd, but I'd, I'd probably rather watch Speed 2 than this one. Um and what we have with Tokyo Drift is basically Fast and the Furious with guns. And to be honest, we've got a cast that I've I've never seen before, and I'm not particularly vibing any of them. Uh, and I've got a whole range of, of these new unknown characters, none of whom that I really like. And I keep asking myself, why, why should I care about these 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 people, Dan? Even the main guy, um, Sean. It's hard to sort of empathise with him. Because, you know, let's not forget, he's got sent to Tokyo because, you know, he kept reoffending if he, he was going to go to jail if he didn't, you know, watch himself. And, it's, you know, first day at Tokyo, you know, he's getting in, into trouble. And I don't know, I, I just have a lot of issues with the lack of the plot. There's just not enough there um, for me. And 
I guess, you know, he gets involved with some, some bad crowd and some illegal racing, but I just don't care because they don't really take it anywhere. And it's kind of, yeah, I, like I'm just feeling so negative. I feel, I can see, I can see the face and like, I, I'm conscious that, you know, we've got a, we've got a number of listeners now. So, you know, I, I'm conscious that there'll be some other people who may have a similar face expression to you. Um, one one of the good characters I did like was uh, was Han. I thought he was okay, and the irony is, of course, that he winds up dying. Uh, so I guess I won't see him in, in any future movies. Uh, I guess I did enjoy the the final nighttime mountain race. I thought that was quite well done. It was just a little bit different compared to the other two movies, uh, and overall, I thought that was well shot. And um, and of course, I do have to mention the surprise appearance in the final scene of um, Vin Diesel. Um, you know, another classic one-liner when he showed up. So that was a, a nice touch. Maybe, maybe he's coming back. And honestly, you, after what I've said about Vin Diesel on other podcasts, when he showed up on the screen, I, I was—it was just like a sense of relief. And that's just for, for me. That was just a crazy moment. Um, to be honest with you, I feel like I'm waiting for Jason Statham and Dwayne Johnson to show up. I want to know what happened to my buddies um, uh, Tyrese Gibson and uh, who was the uh, Ludacris? Yeah, uh, those are the two guys I really enjoyed in the second movie. Um, you know, so you know, there's another half dozen movies to come. Um, and I will say, yeah, for a third movie in a franchise, often that's where movies do drop down a gear or two. So, kudos to this movie because it obviously did well enough to get that fourth one you know under underway but yeah other than that if anyone's furious it's probably me <laughs> look i think it's a it's a surprisingly fair review i would be interested in uh i guess a final review once you're, you're you've caught up to date with the fast and the furious franchise okay. um and i think for me Tokyo Drift, when I when I first saw saw that movie, didn't really spin my wheels to bring in some Fast and the Furious mm. puns. But over time, much like a fine wine, it's actually one of the great ones. And I would all wow, <laughs> one of the great ones. Look, it's not the last great action movie because it was the first movie. Obviously, but there's some really great. Um, I think to your look, to your to your point. I think as a for a car enthusiast, I actually think there's some great scenes. There is definitely some. It's really hard to vibe with that movie because it's like it's actually set in a in a country which has a really sort of intense car culture. But mm. the the American actors, particularly you know the Sean Boswell character, is really hard to connect with, and even his. Um, Southerns or sort of Texas type vibe. It all it all just doesn't it doesn't feel feel right. Doesn't, um, doesn't fit. Doesn't fit. Um, I'm going to say something to you, Paul, and this is something I wanted to talk to you about a few episodes ago before you started this movie. And I'm not going to. I'm just going to drop something out there, and then I'm just going to let you kind of sit on it for the next half a dozen movies. Is that? Um, Tokyo Drift, if you were to watch this in you know, what we'd call machete order, it actually wouldn't be the third movie that you would watch. It would actually be, I think it would be about the sixth. So, oh. if you, so 
and and once you kind of like know that bit of information, it actually makes you think quite differently about about the the franchise and the film and and where it sits. But I don't think you need to worry too much about that. Obviously, this is the order they came out in, um, and obviously the the lore to Fast and the Furious isn't um, isn't so deep that it, it really matters. But I think you know, you, I think you're in for a treat, and I think making it to three, the first three movies. You've definitely got what it takes to, to strap yourself in for Fast Five, Fast and Furious Six, Furious Seven, The Fate, the fate oh. of the Furious, Hobbs and Shaw. What a ride. What a ride. And I, I'm just, look, I appreciate uh, your, your relatively calm response. And I'm very aware that one day you're going to watch Star Trek and probably I'm going to be on the other end of some of this. But uh, there's another line that I really. Um, it's just a moment where I knew what he was about to say and it just felt like when he, he walks into the big boss guy and he's like, sir, I'm here to offer you a peaceful solution. And he's like, oh, how do you plan on accomplishing that? And I said it out loud. I said, a race. And then true enough, it comes to him and he goes, a race. And then the, the big bad guy does an evil laugh and it's like, I don't know. It's I feel like sometimes the racing in this these movies gets forced and I'd rather... Uh, I don't know the, the the big the big plot around the outside of it um, feels less necessary to me. I'd rather they just were just racing for the sake of pride or, or whatever. I don't know. That said, <laughs> from what I've heard, I could be in for some real some <laughs> some real shocks in the next couple of movies. And I think this this is where. Well, so I think I think two things. So one with Too Fast Too Furious, it's kind of it takes you a little while, a little while to warm up to the Roman Pierce character, um, played by Tyrese Gibson, and you you kind of want Vin Diesel, and he's kind of the missing piece for you or for me in, in Too Fast Too Furious, and then in Tokyo Drift you've got none of the none main of yeah. none of the main characters, and then at the end, as, as you mentioned, when you finally get Vin Diesel, you're like, oh, thank God, we're we're, we're bringing back the the core. I think the reason, the thing that really calmed me down in your review, Paul, is Definitely one of my favorite characters is is Han. He's he's a good guy, mm. um, and the fact that you, you know you gave him the good credit, you, you know, where credit's due, and so look, I, I can't be too upset about that. So look, good work, Paul. I'm, I'm I'm proud of you for for making it this far. I appreciate that, Dan. And as I said, other than our joint movie review, I've got nothing else to to offer for this part of the conversation. So I hand straight back to you. Okay, well, I've got a, a few things that I've been watching um, and also playing. So, and I need to sort of talk about um, a game that I've been playing because it kind of links into a movie that I, I've watched. So, mm-hmm. um, having recently come off playing The Last of Us Part 2, really enjoyed the game. Another big um, PlayStation 4 game that came out um, a week or so ago is Ghost of Tsushima, which is a a samurai game. I've been mm-hmm. spending quite a bit of time in that. Absolutely loving it. Um, basic premise is your need to free your your uncle, who's sort of the the lord of the of the lands, and you're basically pulling together a whole bunch of different samurai and ronins and all sorts of um, characters to to free them and basically 
fight off a, a Mongol invasion. So re- really fun game. Anyway, it got me inspired to watch a movie that I actually haven't watched before called 47 Ronin. So this is a movie that's quite it's quite old now. It came out in, in 2014. And I remember at the time it had quite a, uh, quite a lot of, I guess, drama and um, issues attached to it when it when it first came out, but I guess I felt like watching a movie that was kind of connected to the game universe that I was playing. Mm-hmm. And I'm also I'm also a bit of a County Reeves fan, and it was on. If you're in New Zealand, it's actually on the the neon streaming service. So I thought, you know what, I'll give it a go. I'll give it a go. It can be a bit of a, a palate cleanser. I went in knowing that the reviews were terrible, knowing that it wasn't going to be probably very good but i actually kind of enjoyed it um it's got some flaws some pretty big flaws to be honest um so the whole premise of of 47 ronin and i'll just read out this little excerpt Uh, this is a from ancient japan's most enduring tale it's an epic fantasy adventure 47 ronin is born so keanu rees leads the cast as Kai, an outcast who joins Oishi, the leader of 47 Outcast Samurai, and together they seek vengeance upon the treacherous overlord who killed their master and banished their kind. So mm. the first big issue, so Keanu Reeves' character is, is pitched as a as an outcast. Um, he's, he's definitely not Japanese. Um, mm. It feels a little bit like, particularly in 2020, doesn't really sit that well. The movie in itself has got some okay effects. The fact that Keanu Reeves is such a great action star, I feel like if it wasn't for him, this movie would be would be not very good. Like mm. the tomato meter score was sixteen percent, the audience score was forty eight percent. I guess why I'm bringing this movie up is if you've been enjoying Ghost of Tsushima. You might enjoy 47 Ronin for a bit of a blast from the past. It's it's not a great movie, but it's an okay movie, and it's a, it's a little bit of fun. Have you seen this one, Paul? I've not seen it, no. I was just looking at it while you were talking, and um, you know, a couple of hours of Keanu kicking ass and all the rest of it, that sounds like a, a bit of fun. The, the, the scores are low, IMDb, Metacritic, um, and it's, I don't know, it's... It, it always appeals to me when there's oddly when there's low scores and yet there's something about a movie either the the director or the main style or something that I you know really enjoy. I don't recognise any of the other work that the uh, the director Carl Rinch has done. Um, that's you know always a, a I don't want to call it a worry, but always a, a sign that oh yeah this 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 could be questionable quality because you know people have got to build up their their catalogues. Um, but yeah, I think I could. Be tempted into giving it a go it's one of those genres that i will watch every once in a while so i've added it to my watch list while i'm talking to you just so i can you know maybe one day come back and say oh yeah i see what you mean and what have you but yeah interesting i, I think it's um when i was just doing a little bit of hunting around and 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 prep for half measures and when i say prep i mean pretty light um 
the movie itself. So it had a whole bunch of um, reshoots and additional funding that was required um, before it came out. And people that have, um, you can see a whole bunch of comments, even on sites like Rotten Tomato, where you can't really necessarily see where all of that money went. Mm -hmm. um, it only actually looks like it made about $20 million at the box office. There were some issues with the director's, um, some of his choices and how some of that budget was used. And apparently for some of the reshoots, it seems like it was rumoured he was maybe not part of that. Um, but he's still listed as a director credit. And apparently that's something to do with the um, unions, directors, guilds, etc. where if you start a movie... Um, you have you you get labelled as the director, and you're you're basically you're still part of it. Mm -hmm. But interestingly, since making Forty Seven Ronin, it looks like um, I'm not sure I'm going to say his last name quite right. Carl Wrench. Wrench, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Wrench hasn't actually done a lot since then. So mm. I don't yeah, think that's what I was thinking. Yeah. And I'm always in, I'm always intrigued uh, from a, a like. Where do you go from that? Like, where do you go from making big blockbuster movies to then kind of being either ousted by the industry or, um, or or even choosing a different direction? Can you go to an office job from there? Like, what do you do? Feels crazy. I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. Maybe maybe you come along and talk to us on Half Matters, and we'll we'll find out. So um, the other thing that I've been watching is promised in, I guess, the last couple of episodes of Half Measures and from our discussions is I've been rapidly trying to catch up on Dark so that we can do this season mm. three review. So last week I hadn't started any Dark. I'm now up to season three. So as well as, um, so what's that about? There's 18 episodes between season one and season two. So mm. I've somehow managed to squeeze in a, I love a the, lot I love of the commitment. I love the commitment. Um, I've also managed to squeeze in some 47 Ronin and some uh, Ghost of Tsushima. So, dark. I think, I, yeah, I equally don't want to talk too much about it. I'm kind of interested in saving it for our, I guess, our, our bigger review. But it's a, it's interesting, I think. Some of those comments I remember making about it, it feels like it's got a Stranger Things vibe or it maybe less fun it couldn't be anything further away from stranger things apart from the fact that it's got some young people in it and they're kind of dealing with a, a nuclear power plant it's a show where i'm actually finding myself constantly flicking between subtitles and the terrible dub because i'm actually having a really hard time keeping up with what character is what character mm -hmm. i definitely feel like i'm not smart enough to be able to piece all the all the things together. I worry that I'm picking up on some of the, the big connections too slow. Um, but at the same time, much like your reference to, it's like being at a party, um, but you're not really involved in it. I'm having such a great time watching it. Mm. I'm just not sure I can really articulate, like, you know, for, for this amount of commitment. If I'd watched, a, um, I guess, a, uh, English-speaking um, TV show. I'd know every character's name. I would be very clear about like who people are. But in this character, and in, in this show, I could I could maybe tell you about four or five different characters at any given time. I'm very murky about their connection. Every time I think I know something, I don't. Um, it's it's a well. It's definitely a well done TV show. It's 
it's it's really kind of mind bending. I'm finding. I, I just feel relieved that you two are struggling, and it's not just just me. Uh, because yeah, I do sit there thinking, why is Diana able to follow this really really well, and I can't? Am I just getting old? But um, what is going to be interesting, I think. Perhaps maybe when we do come to do the review, if neither of us know what the hell's going on, it should make for one hell of a conversation. So uh, we'll, we'll see how we go. I'm have to get I'm have to get Diana to come in on the podcast and then talk us through what's what's actually going on. I think I'm going to need to have about forty tabs open with every <laughs> character in it, so that when when we talk about a name, I can actually click through and and see who's who. Um, I, it's such a I, I, I feel like I don't even have the words to describe what type of show this is, but the, um, I think the time travel, the level of production, I think the the music is incredible. Yes, and there's some real haunting moments when they they use some of those um, common um, instrumental sort of moments or the sort mm-hmm. of the wider soundtrack. And for that alone, it, uh, it needs to be winning awards. Yeah. No, definitely. The, that theme music is is as eerie as it gets. And yes, it's been, as you say, sort of that sort of thing's been used before, but it just fits really well and it really goes right through you every time you hear it. So, uh, mm, I look forward to look forward to getting to the end of this so that we can sort of catch up with the rest of the world. Yeah, so I'll I'll do my best to try and um, catch up on season three this week, and then yeah, maybe next week we can potentially talk about it or the week after but in the not too distant future so that's all i've really been watching i i'm still watching the you know the occasional episode of outrageous fortune working our way through season six of that haven't watched any seinfeld or anything for a while but i need to get back onto that train as well because that's a, a really good palate cleanser in fact i feel like i sometimes need that after an episode of dark but I'm so intrigued by often where they've kind of left the last episode. I need to watch more. Watch so. one more. Always one more. One more. Mm-hmm. So the movie of um, the movie of the week that we um, this is a, a segment where we're, we're doing in the show now. Where if you join our, our Patreon page, sorry, our Patreon. God, look at me, <laughs> money hungry piece of garbage. Show me I the mean money. Our, our Discord page. Um, we're going to try and basically put a movie in there or a, something every every episode where we both watch it so we can do a bit of a, a deep dive about it. And so the movie this week, this was a, a random choice um, actually by me. I, mm. I'm not sure why I, I chose it. I was just looking for something different that we potentially both hadn't seen. And I tried to not look at any reviews before going in. I tried to sort of just go on title card Um mm. And the, so Bad Samaritan is the movie that we went with. Um, Paul, have you had a chance to watch it? I have indeed. And um, I appreciated this choice because, uh, yeah, you, you, you gave me two choices and this one appealed instantly just on the basis of, and I know I sound real shallow when I say this and I, I talk about this a lot, but just looking at the title card, you know, the poster, always it just looked good production. I saw David Tennant's name. I saw it looked a bit dark and a bit eerie. And um, so, yeah, so I was straight away, yep, that's the one for us. Let's let's do it. And, um, yeah, I'm – should we get into it? I'm uh, – should we, should we do a quick a quick sort of summary of what this movie is about just for the okay. – the, So I'll read out the brief description. 
So it's basically about a, a valet driver, and he develops a, a clever scam to burglarize the houses of rich customers. Um, and they all go pretty smoothly until he robs the, the wrong house, mm. um, and it's that's David Tennant's house. Um, and he discovers that a, a woman's actually been held captive in his home. Um, afraid of going to prison, he leaves the woman there and he makes a call to the police. Um, who find nothing when they go to investigate. Now the valet must endure uh, the wrath of the kidnapper who seeks revenge on him while desperately trying to find and rescue the captive woman he left behind. So a real sort of um, thriller-type movie. Mm. Um, David Tennant, obviously the the bigger name. But, yeah, I'll, I'll, let, let's get into it, Paul. What do you think? Okay. There, there were so many elements of this movie that, that I loved. Um I mean, as I said, the instant appeal with with David Tennant always a great watch, great actor. Broadchurch, uh, we watched him recently in in Criminal, uh, Jessica Jones, and of course um, Doctor Who. He, in, in spite of the fact that my favourite sort of role was probably Broadchurch and Doctor Who, where he plays those good guys. What I can say about David Tennant is when he plays the bad guy, he plays the bad guy so well. His stare is so cutting. You know how some people have that that bitchy resting face syndrome that um you know that they talk about his resting face can be is just terrifying and um so I find yeah his casting really really well a as some as a draw card and b because he was really strong in that role um it's just this this movie genre this sort of thriller chiller type which has those sort of really good make you jump moments um is turning out to be one of my favorite movie genres to watch. Uh, and that is principally because my wife is the one that will literally every time without fail, just she gets so into the movie and then just literally jumps off the sofa. Um, so no more hot drinks allowed. This, that, this movie is full of those moments and not just like making jump moments, but like with a real change in volume in the music. Yeah. You know, the sort of movie that you go along to be scared by but it's not scared it's that sort of it's that uncomfortable chilly this isn't right vibe throughout most of this movie which makes it a really interesting watch for me and it's that unusual twist that the who you think the bad guys are so you know the, the two valet car guys the thieves who really on the scale of things aren't really that bad at all when you when you see how david Tennant's character has got this 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 girl you know tied up and what have you in his home it's um it's it's a really uh interesting premise uh, rather than just a you know a, a good guy saving saving the girl type situation I, I yeah i i enjoyed it overall how about you yeah i think um it's a it's interesting i think it's a it's definitely a i thought it was, it was good i think that David Tennant, you could you couldn't have said it better. David Tennant, I think for me is the ultimate bad guy. Mm. His level of um, range with his his facials and his he's got this this almost like a a deadly stare that yep. could make anyone feel guilty. And I think he just plays such a fantastic bad guy. And I think he did that almost kind of a, a similar type role in Jessica Jones. Correct. And yeah. it really just made me see David Tennant in a different light. I, I really enjoyed him in, in Broadchurch. I, he can equally play the good good guy, goodish guy. Mm -hmm. um, 
And I think, yeah, he was definitely the star for me. I struggled a little bit with um, um, Robert Sheehan, um, okay. who was one of the, one of the, the valet characters, I guess the, the, main, the main valet. And I, I don't know... I don't know what it was, but whether it was the the Irish Irish accent in America, and sort of at, at times I went, like we, I, I was a little bit confused where we were for the start of the show. Yeah, it's, look, it's interesting you say that because if I did have sort of one little gripe, it was kind of the accent choices here was a little odd, and principally, actually, for me, it wasn't the Irish part. It was actually, it was it was actually David Tennant for doing that forced american accent which i thought he was he did fine but was it really necessary for him to be american and i just felt like you know i found it a little distracting at times and i love his scottish voice so um yeah that, that I find and awesome. maybe that's what threw me but it was like david Tennant not not being scottish with the irish accent but then we're also in america and um robert's character was, so he was sean falco and the character kind of they kind of made a bit of a big deal that they were in america because of her um, his, his stepdad, I guess, and it, it, was kind of, it kind of just sort of threw me a bit around the place. And I actually thought for the probably the first half an hour of the movie, have I made a terrible choice here? Have I made a, a really terrible recommendation? But as the movie gets on, I think it, it actually hooks you in relatively quickly. There's, I think, as you say, a few jump scares in it. It's definitely a little bit of um, cat and mouse, particularly as these characters kind of mm. work each other out. And the characters, when I say that um, the Sean Falker character and, and the sort of Irish, it wasn't that much of a big deal in the scheme of things, but it it didn't, that didn't, it took a while for me to click. It's, I think it's a, it's a, it's a good movie to watch on a, on a weekend. I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't rush out to, you know, have gone to see it at the movies or anything, but I think it's a look at the great date night movie. <laughs> it's a real, it's a real date night movie. Okay, uh, we did, we forgot to say to people if you don't want any spoilers to fast forward ahead. So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna quickly dive into something which is a real spoiler. So maybe do scrub forward a couple of minutes. But um, I think the other issue I might have had was that towards the end of the movie, like David Tennant got hit over the head quite a few times with a shovel. It appeared. Um, so his skull is made of some pretty tough stuff because he is withstanding quite a quite a beating there towards the end. But um, now this is this gets pretty bad reviews online. Not the best. There's a lot of negative commentary in some of the reviews. You know when people give like a, a bad review and then they go to the town, much like I did with Tokyo Drift. There's a lot of that in there and people poking holes and things. And but what, I just like the, the the premise, which I know I say a lot, but. Yeah, I love the struggle that that the the bad guy had the not the bad guy the the Robert the Robert Sheehan character. Um, he's actually in the Umbrella Academy CV series as well, which I'm wanting to get into. I've heard good things about that, so I thought he was okay. But I love that struggle he had wrestling with the idea that you know if he goes to the police, he's going to get in trouble because of course he's attempting to rob people. But you know, it's an interesting struggle to see him knowing that he has to do the right thing here to try to make an attempt to save this girl because otherwise that's going to be on your conscience for life and you know i don't know how you go forward from there um so yeah i i found overall this was just a, a really tense movie um there, there was ironically there was some funny comedy moments in this movie which is you know perhaps uh, in spite of the dark premise that there was there were some moments that were just 
quite funny. Um, Tenant was strong. Um, yeah, it's. I'm I'm pleased. This this was not a weak choice, Dan. This was this was my movie of the week. <laughs> I think it's funny, isn't it? Because I think there was some some actual moments, like laugh out loud moments, where where funny things would happen, and it was one of those movies. I wasn't too sure about. Is it a thriller? Is it kind of like a not comedy, but like a a fun, a more fun action thriller movie? Mm-hmm. Is it going to go a bit more down the the horror path? And it 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 doesn't. I don't think go down that path. But definitely lots of sort of cat and mouse chases. Lots of, I guess, increased anxiety scenes where, you know, people hiding or trying to get things done before people get back. The you mentioned um, last week about scenes that may be gone a little bit too long at the end. Mm. I think, yeah, the the whole spade over the head is just, you know, one of those, like, of course it's not going to – he's, he's taken a real beating, but of course it's not going to be instantly dead from that. Um, the only time that is acceptable, right, is the Terminator movies. You know, you hit the Terminator mm. and the Terminator gets back up. That I accept that. But a shovel to the head six times, you, get, you stay down. Yeah. Yeah, look, I think it's um, I think it's good. I um, I I don't I don't really have anything bad to say about it. It's it's not going to be the greatest movie you've ever seen. It's, it's definitely not going to be the worst movie you've ever seen. You could definitely do worse from trying out a random movie on a on a Friday Saturday night. Um, and you know, I think with movies like this, it's actually better not to watch the trailer. It's actually better just to go in. 100%, and hundred percent right. Kind of just go on the journey because I think a trailer to a movie like this is just going to ruin too many of those big scenes, mm-hmm. and I think that's maybe why I enjoyed it maybe more than I should have is because I didn't really know what I was going to get, and I, was, I guess I was pleasantly surprised. I have made a conscious effort, and I have to give thanks to my my brother in law uh, who lives in Palmerston North here in New Zealand, who is very very adamant about watching no trailers, none. Doesn't even watch the big ones like the Star Wars ones. You know how I get really amped about Star Wars trailers. He doesn't watch any of them, and then he just goes in completely, completely blind. And I'm I'm trying real, real hard. And I have to admit, with the exception of some of the the things that I'm really excited about, and things that I know are going to get spoiled because I spend too much time on Twitter or, or on other things reading about it. But for something like Bad Samaritan, like I said, unless you go looking for the trailer, you shouldn't come across it. So um, yeah, good, good call. Yeah, I think it's a. It's really hard to do, isn't it? Because I think trailers and mini shorts are just spammed at us constantly, particularly as, you know, intro ads to YouTube videos or um, if you go to back, back when we used to go to movie theatres, you don't know what trailers are going to be coming up there. And, you know, trailers are both a great part, but these days they they can ruin a lot. Correct. And I, I try to minimise my trailer watching these days with Star Wars movies. You know, I'm... I'm, I'll try and hold off for as long as I can and I might watch it once and then I'll just try it, you know, mm-hmm. like, it's so exciting. And a, a movie where I didn't watch the trailer, we're really going off track now, is uh, Logan, so the, the X, X-Men movie. Yep. And I went into that, I went looking forward to it and having done zero research, not knowing the premise, not watching the trailer, and I was like a school kid when um, when the young girl becomes like a, a the, the mini Wolverine mm-hmm. weapon X. 
I was like, oh, my God, she's going to become a like Wolverine. And I feel like people around me would have been like, dude, this is <laughs> the whole the premise of the movie. But I, like, I absolutely loved it for that reason. And I wish I could create more moments for myself like that. Good call. Good call, Dan. Cool. So that's uh, that's Bad Samaritan. Um, so we'll have another movie that we're going to check out uh, next week. Um, check out our Discord page to see what we're picking. Maybe you could watch it as well, and then you can um, tell us what you think. Are we are we on point? Have you got questions? Did you like it? Did you hate it? I love Who questions. I love, I love questions. I look forward to your your movie choice, Paul. It's back in your court this week. I'm excited. I've already got one in mind, so I just need to come up with one more. So um, we'll, we'll, I'll get that through to you soon. Appreciate it. All right, so shall we move on to, to the newsroom? Sounds good, Dan. What have, what have you got for me in the newsroom? I've got a few things going on, I guess. So we've been talking a little bit about movie delays of late. So Tenant, um, last time we spoke about it, was delayed indefinitely, and we had a bit of a conversation around what does indefinitely mean. A bit more news about that now. So it looks like it's actually going to be released in 70 different international territories before coming to America. So that's going to happen at the end of August, around the 27th, and then it'll finally hit North American theatres around the September the 3rd. Now, given how many times this release date of this movie has changed, who knows whether that's true, but it could mean, um, I think Tenant could be the, I don't know about you, Paul, but for me, maybe the first movie that gets me back into a movie theatre. Um, 100%. It's, it's always going to be a movie I would have wanted to watch in the in the movie theatre if I could. And so by the sounds of it, it may we may be one of those lucky countries to get it. I think, too, it actually makes me want to rewatch Inception, um, maybe just in preparation, even though it's not necessarily connected. I think just the, the whole notion of the movie. Um, has some good links. So maybe I'll do that. I'll add it to my schedule. What else have I got? What else have I got? I've got a few things going on on my list here. So interesting bit of news as well from um, Universal. And um, uh, AMC Theatres have come to an arrangement where that now allows uh, movie studios um, to make um, – video-on-demand movies available 17 days after they've been in theatres. So this is quite a big deal, yeah. um, particularly in America. Um, AMC wasn't happy with, particularly through COVID, some direct releases in movies like Trolls, for example. And you, you could imagine that they, they lose out on a lot of money by having that direct direct home movies um, but it looks like this is the arrangement they've, they've reached I think that's interesting I think considering the the state of the, the wider world and, and the COVID space there's still some pretty big movies to come out and I think what excites me about it is it means that you know potentially movies like Fast 9 um, but I'm going to say some movies which might not even be produced by these companies so I'll just stop um <laughs> You know, we'll actually be able to watch in, in in home a lot sooner, and and I'm I'm pretty on board for that. Like I'm, I would I'm happy to pay twenty five dollars for some of these movies to watch them at home a little bit sooner than I guess you normally would. What about you? Would would you pay extra pool to watch these movies? Uh, look, I think I certainly would. 
on the basis mainly um that's it's it's quite hard to get to the cinema with, with young kids but um even without that factor i just think it, the and again i'm going to say i'm real old here the appeal of the cinema is becoming less and less because i haven't got time for these people kicking the back of my seat or standing up in front of me or talking or worse still they've got their phone on i'm all about that home experience now um you know so yeah at least when the, the kids do it too you can tell them off so that's, that's right it's i like to be in control of as many situations as i can and, and honestly public behavior i don't know what it's like where you're listening to this podcast but a lot of the cinemas in new zealand people just like what are they doing what are they doing they're ruining it for everyone okay yeah shut me down otherwise i'm gonna get i'm, I'm getting i'm getting into my george costanza you're intrigued. You're intrigued. all right yeah. all right all right um another bit of news a couple more things so there's a, a bit of a fan theory or, or marvel theory going around at the moment that uh in black panther 2 is actually gonna the movie's gonna have the setup which is gonna introduce x-men and the fantastic four into the marvel cinematic universe which is pretty exciting and the idea behind that is that it will actually introduce um, the character um, Doctor Doom, like mm-hmm. the Doom, and um, and Storm. So, one of those characters from the Fantastic Four, one from the X Men. But I think bringing those characters into the Marvel Cinematic Universe very exciting. I would be very very interested um, in what someone like Kevin Feige could do with um, the X Men. Um, yeah, I, I'm excited. I I hope. I hope this is true, and I think that kind of fits in, I think, with Marvel's aspirations about expanding the, the universe, bringing in new characters. I'm excited. Very true, very true. Look, I, I've got a lot of catching up to do in the Marvel universe, but that sounds like a, a good, logical decision. And, yeah, I, I just, from what I've seen of Marvel movies, I always I trust, like we've talked about production values, it's, it's, it's always a quality movie, and so it's it's in it's in good hands you know it's it's like um it's, it's like star wars being with lucasfilm and disney it's it's just in good hands in my opinion all right so um one more bit of news for you so toss a coin to your witcher paul that looks like there's going to be uh uh i guess a a spin-off or a a special re- uh a six-part live-action series um, called The Witcher Blood Origin, which is going to be set 1,200 years before um, The Witcher, which was, what was it, this year or last year? I'm not too sure. Um, I should know that. I don't. I don't. Embarrassing. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, so I think obviously we're getting more Witcher Season 2, which I think, again, just because of all the, the COVID-related issues, might is probably not going to be till next year sometime potentially late next year even dare i say it the year after so having um another prequel set in this universe very exciting obviously the witcher i think was a huge hit for netflix um still comes up on the on the top 10 a lot of the times here in new zealand so yeah i imagine um the witcher blood origin is going to do really well so apparently the, the premise for this is going to be as I said, 1,200 years before the world of the Witcher, um, and I'll tell a story lost the time of the very first Witcher and the events that led to the um, pivotal um, conjunction of spheres uh, when the worlds of monsters, men and elves merged to become one. I bet this is spinning your wheels, Paul. I, I, I can see the smile on your face, and I'm glad I can see it, because otherwise I'd be like, what is he on about? Look, look, I... I... 
I gotta be honest. I was listening to what you're saying, but I'm like, am I gonna am I gonna have time in my schedule for this? Is is it gonna get prime time play time? I don't I don't know. I don't know. But as always, if I hear good things, I may I may well end up going there. And who knows? We may introduce a new feature in the in the future where we both nominate a TV show for the other one to watch. That could be a, that could be interesting. With yeah, we'll have to have um veto veto options on some of that because you know if I'm going to suggest to you watching. 73 seasons of Doctor Who that could be a bit much um, I've got a couple of things in the news bag here newsroom sorry so Star Trek Discovery on the subject of Star Trek we finally got a release date for season three uh, of that series 15th of October so that's exciting uh, we got our first look at the the Henry Cavill Superman black suit from the the Zack Snyder uh, Justice League uh movie that's coming out um that's exciting to know that movie's coming i'm i'm a fan as i've said before of the original version so i'm I'm keen to see what this new one might look like uh we had the the the, the walking dead the world beyond uh a new trailer um did you watch that dan i haven't watched the trailer yet. i watched the trailer when it first was announced but yeah. i haven't watched the latest trailer no me, me too and it's interesting because we've both obviously already adhering to our new belief in trying not to watch too much stuff. So uh, I've seen it there, but I haven't watched it. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about is this week, the the nominations for the Emmys has been announced, um, which is obviously one of the premier TV awards, second probably only to the Half Measures Awards, I guess. And I am both equal parts delighted by some of the choices and equal parts absolutely unbelievably triggered and i'm gonna be real quick as i if i can here but in terms of the outstanding drama series better call saul the crown handmaid's tale killing eve the mandalorian stranger things succession and ozark so i've i've seen all but ozark so that's that's always great when you know if, if every show you've watched is, is in amongst the mix that's always a, a nice little thing because you can get excited about whoever wins it i couldn't call a winner there um the outstanding limited series, Little Fires Everywhere, Mrs. America, Unbelievable, Watchmen, and Unorthodox. Um, I've only really seen parts of Watchmen and also uh, Unbelievable, which was my number one TV show for, for 2019 last year in one of our early podcasts. The outstanding drama actor, this is where I, I get triggered. Outstanding drama actress, this is also where I get a little bit upset. Uh, so we've got Jason Bateman, Ozark. Uh, Steve Carell, The Morning Show, Brian Cox, Succession, Jeremy Strong, Succession, and Billy Porter Pose, Outstanding uh, Drama Actress, Jennifer Anderson, Morning Show, Olivia Coleman, The Crown, Jodie Comer, Killing Eve, Laura Linney, Ozark, Sandra Oh, Killing Eve, and uh, Zendaya from Euphoria. There's a lot of good choices in there, but I'm just going to come right out and say it. I cannot believe that we have not got, uh, we haven't got Bob Odenkirk. We haven't got Ray Seahorn. We haven't got Jonathan Banks uh, from any you know, any of those three from from Vertical Saw. We do have Giancarlo Esposito, who's got a nod for Outstanding Supporter Actor, 
in a drama series, as too does Bradley Whitford from Handmaid's Tale, another one of our shows we've watched. I won't, I won't, I won't read them all out. Um, but there's a lot of shows in there that we, you and I both watch. Giancarlo Esposito once again nominated this time as an outstanding guest actor in a drama series for his role in The Mandalorian, which was, of course, was absolutely epic. So that, look, there's some really great choices in there, some really great nominations. I just, for, for, I think the one that intrigues me the most is probably Ray Seahorn as Kim Wexler, because I thought, a season five of Better Call Saul was just amazing, and you know we didn't name this podcast for half measure, as half measures for for no good reason. But also this latest season, she was just her character was fantastic. So I feel really, really, really uh, quite quite sad for her that she didn't get a nomination. So um, who stands out for you in those nominations, Dan, uh, across the series or actors or actresses? Oh, it's. It's tough. I was really surprised not to hear um, Bob Odenkirk in that list when you were when you were calling out names. I would not like to be choosing out of those TV shows, though. Yeah, some absolutely like stunning performances across Handmaid's Tale, across Ozark, uh, I, Succession. Like the, I, I wouldn't even know where to begin. Um, it'll be interesting to see how shows like The Mandalorian do in this mm. setting. Um, obviously, it shows that are really early on in their in their journey. Um, yeah, and a, dra- so- and a drama series as well. I mean, I can't argue against that. But I, I have to be honest with you, I didn't expect to see the Mandalorian in the drama category. I, I mean, I suppose mm-hmm. it, it is, but I just didn't. I just for some reason I just hadn't put two and two together, and the Mandalorian just quickly got fifteen nominations across the board. It's a space opera. Correct. Uh, what else have we got here? Picard. Also got five nominations, so um, well deserved as the nominations in there. Um, yeah, so a lot of good stuff in there. Any actors or actresses um, you're going to pick for, for for winners there? I think that Jason Bateman might come out of this or something. Okay, his his character in Ozark is top notch. I I really can't encourage you enough to watch this show, Paul. I think you're going to absolutely love it. Okay. So. Well, it is the only show. It's, it's the only show. How many have we got there? One, two, three, four. So we get out of eight dramas that are nominated. I've watched seven out of eight. And I have to admit, I've only watched uh, the first season of Succession. But even so, um, I feel like I need to, as a completionist, probably need to, to give that a go. I wonder if um, The Watchmen might do quite well. Like, it's obviously getting a lot of um, high praise and different media outlets, I think. Um, I haven't seen The Watchmen yet. Which I'm a little bit embarrassed about is I like I'm I really want to watch it, but from what I've heard, it kind of speaks to a a little bit of social commentary about what's going on in the world right now. Um, so I wonder whether that might do quite well. Hmm. Um, that's that's all I've got uh, for the news desk. I can switch us into the mailbag if you like, Dan. Let's dive on in. What do you got? So, uh, yeah, so it's been pretty busy, which is great. So I'll just give us uh, some of the highlights and um, hopefully I don't forget anyone. Uh, so first of all, Norman Lay uh, from our supporters at Roddenberry.com and co-host of uh, Star Trek podcast Mission Log uh, commented on our page um, in response to our peak performance uh, segment on the podcast. Um, his choice for Leonardo DiCaprio was the role that he played as the the kid in The Quick and the Dead, uh, which is a movie I haven't seen for a long time so uh good good shout i think 
that is a fantastic choice. Um, Sharon Stone in that movie. Ah, oh, good, good one. I endorsed, recommended, approved. Great movie. Appro- haven't approved. seen it for a long time. Yeah, I haven't seen it for a long time. So uh, good choice and great to hear from you. Uh, thank you, Norman. Uh, also on the peak performance, uh, another shout out to another listener who regularly um, keeps in touch with us, uh, Bruce Gray from actually I don't think we know where in the world Bruce is listening from maybe you can tell us Bruce but he got involved in last week's uh, peak performance as well and I have to give high fives for Bruce because he also went with uh, The Departed for Leonardo DiCaprio and V for Vendetta for for Natalie Portman so nice one Bruce and finally on the peak performance we also had Rob from Switzerland comment that Leon was his favourite Natalie Portman performance and I think uh, neither of us would disagree with that because we both had that as a runner-up of memory serves um someone by the name of a belgrave a dot belgrave um also commented on our instagram post that like you dan uh, they also really enjoyed the the character of wednesday in the adams family uh movie uh, which is now on my watch list for the family to watch sometime uh dan you and i shared online last week uh, the podcast that we're currently listening to uh, on twitter and facebook and we got a got a like from better call saul assistant editor uh joey reinish and the, and the reason i mention him is because our social media manager is currently in talks with joey and some of the folk over at amc to maybe get one or two of the people from the better call saul production crew to come and talk to us on the podcast later in the year so watch the space and let's keep our fingers crossed that that one pans out because that would be that would be pretty exciting i think um that- that is pretty incredible, Paul. And if that comes to fruition, we may have to take a full measure and get a bit prepared. We, we, we might have to, have to do. We'll yeah. do some house cleaning. We have to make some yeah. notes. We have to actually note down actual actual stuff. Characters. Um, do you timeline. Know, I, I'll be honest, a, a little insider information, which maybe we should say for Patreon members, but I do my notes for this show on my train home on the day of the podcast. So I did it literally today on the way home for like an hour's pod, just thinking, oh, what, what would I get? So I spend like basically 45 minutes. To, <laughs> so we might, if we get Jerry, if we get anyone from AMC, from the, the, the medical saw crew to actually come aboard, and those conversations have begun, which is great, uh, then yeah, we'll, we'll, maybe we'll, we'll put away a couple of hours, a. Eh? Maybe a half day. We'll do some research. Um, quite excited about that. Um, Bleaker Street Media, who were previously known as Focus Features, um, they shared our podcast, uh, they, our podcast promo post for the Out of Self Defense movie that you talked about last week as well, Dan. Um, we also had actress uh, Melissa Bologna, who played Sasha, who was one of the thieves in Hurricane Heist, uh, gave our review a like. Always love that positivity. Um, so, so I told you there's a heaps going on this week in the mailbag. Finally, we also have a shout out to Michael uh, from North Carolina. So Michael saw our 80s classic Battle Beyond the Stars post online. Uh, and he messaged us to say, you know, he was going to give us a listen as this was one of his all time favorite movies. And yeah, he went he went back to check out our Battle Beyond the Stars review and listened to episode 17. And then he commented on our Facebook page and said, listen to your show, enjoyed it. Listening to more episodes now, you guys are fun to listen to, which is just great because that's what it's all about is you know putting stuff out that people want to listen to. And then another subscriber is always great. And as if that wasn't enough, Dan, he then also joined our growing gang of listeners in the Discord community and has already joined in on the chat as well. So welcome, Michael. 
That's amazing. So look, if you're if you're a fan of the show, get involved in the Discord. We'd we'd love to hear what you're thinking about what we're talking about. Hear some of your recommendations for movies, TV shows. We're all friendly. Well, mostly. Depends. Yeah, it depends Depends. on the day. Depends. Depends. And uh, that's everything from the mailbag. And I think we have our peak performances to talk about this week as well, Dan. Yeah, so this is our third week in a row of peak performances. Look at us, Paul. We've virtually got this, this standing agenda that seems to sort of form the podcast. Incredible how it all comes together. For a half measure, so, that's right. So this week um, we've had Paul um, set the actor and actress for this week. Um, and Paul, I'm actually going to let you introduce um, both of these people. And why don't you kick off by telling us who they are and who your choices are. Okay. So the actor this week is Sean Connery. So Sean Connery, where do you start with him? Right? I mean, we all know and love him as one of the best Bonds of all time. He'll go down in history for that portrayal of Bond. Um, I It was an actor that, when I was thinking, who, who should we choose? It's just, I haven't seen him for so long, and I've actually forgotten the fact that he's he's 90 years old now. That's probably why I haven't seen him. His last movie was uh, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen uh, in 2003, uh, so it's been, it's been a wee while. Um, but so many standout roles other than Bond uh, for me. I loved him as Indy's father in Last Crusade. I was so disappointed he didn't come back for The Crystal Skull. I'm not interested in any of the haters on that movie. There was enough in there for me. I liked it. I'm not going to talk about it. Um, the, um, the the great train robbery. Uh, I own this movie, if you're keen to watch it, Dan. It's, uh, on, I got it on DVD. It's a 1978 movie with Donald Sutherland, and I loved it. I haven't seen it in a while, but I just remember always enjoying Sean Connery as as the master thief in this movie. So, um, yeah, a real good one. But my runner-up is, in fact, uh, from Russia with Love. I presume we're still doing Russia, uh, still doing runners-up like we did last time, because um, it it really encapsulated all of the great Bond moments for me. And I think it's possibly a tie-in with I don't know. Maybe you live. A, you only live twice. I don't. I don't know. But really, a strong Connery movie. I also feel biased by this because I don't know if you ever played this game. Because this is a PS2 game. He did the from Russia with Love, um, and that a fun fact that actually was his his final piece of um, dialogue, if it were, other than the, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which was two thousand three. This game came out in two thousand and five or two thousand six, I think it was. And this is a, a game that Diane and I played long into the night for many days back in the days before kids when we were in charge of our lives. Um, and it really made the game really enjoyable. So, um, yeah, a, a great movie. The uh, I would love, I think, just those scenes on the train in particular. That gets my run-up spot. And the winner, though, for me, for his best performance, is The Red October. Hunt for Red October, so that 1990 uh, submarine movie. Um, I found him really, really convincing in this this role as the defecting uh, Russian captain, who, 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 despite you know, sort of being oh the Russians that they're the bad guys, he, he was doing this as a as a means of uh, like trying to avoid a nuclear war. And Connery gave that character a real conscience, but a real sort of like. Un, 
unwavering commitment to to see through what he was going to do. And so even though this movie is you know part of the Jack Ryan series, I always think of this movie as the as Connery rather than Jack Ryan. Um, and this is kind of like prime time Connery. He was you know around sixty years old, I guess. Uh, and that voice he has, I feel like the voice when he was older was even more enjoyable. Perhaps even when even when when he was Bond. And I won't do any of the accents, but there were a couple of lines in that movie that always stand out to me. Um, just simple lines like when he says, "Give me a ping, one ping only, please." It's such a simple line when he was just trying to get the guy to ping. I don't know what do you call it. The um, oh my goodness, I can't think what you call it. The, the radar. Yeah, the the radar. I'm a real technical guy. Um, but you know, it's such a a tense moment in the movie and he's got such a great look on his face. Um, and the other line I loved was now they will tremble at the sound of our silence. The order is engage the silent drive. So, um, yeah, he's, he, he's fantastic. An incredible performance in that movie. And so that is Sean Connery's peak performance. Okay, some um, some really good choices and commentary in there. I think um, your point around you know Sean Connery is ninety years old, and I put Sean Connery and Clint Eastwood in this same category. They have both had incredible careers, and I am going to be genuinely heartbroken on mm. the on the day that they are no longer with us mm. because they're just such and I. You know, when <laughs> I don't know what it is like. We've grown up with these, with these, with these guys. You know, to a degree, they're obviously a, a lot older than we are, but yeah. there's still been a, a core part of, I guess, movies and actors and directors that our our parents have cherished, and and I guess we've grown to cherish. So, it will be interesting, interesting times. Um, I think much like you said. So you know how everybody has their has their their James Bond? Sean Connery has always been my James Bond. Mm. Um obviously definitely a big Daniel Craig fan, but when I think of old school James Bond, yeah. Sean Connery hundred percent number one for me. Loved watching his movies um as a kid. In fact, one time I, I broke my leg and I went to the hospital and I I think Goldfinger was on in the hospital waiting room and the wait was so long. I actually watched the entire movie in the waiting room. It was about a three hour long movie. Like it's, it's, it's not short. Um, a a good time. Now for my choice, um, I, I, I've got two options here and, and I'm actually going to go, you've already picked one of them and you've already mentioned it, the hunt for red October. Fantastic movie. In fact, I had a, a bit of a, um, the Hunt for Red October, Nostalgia Flashback, um, oh, not last Christmas, the Christmas before, and I, I actually read the book and then I watched the movie. Um, and so great, so great. I, I love the, the the intro in Russian and then kind of slowly um, converts to English. There's so many um, tense scenes in that movie. I, I'm with you. This is definitely a Sean Connery movie. Who cares about the Jack Ryan part of of that movie? But it's so great. But the movie I'm actually going to go with for um, for my peak performance, and and it's so tough because Sean Connery 
is such a standout character when he appears in movies like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, even in the last five minutes of the movie, he really steals the show. But the movie for me, which I think peak performance, um, he actually isn't the main character in this movie, but he, he's a he's a supporting character and he actually he won an Oscar for it. Mm-hmm. This is The Untouchables, mm-hmm. so and the 1987 movies and movie and so this is where um sean connery plays this character called jimmy malone and he's an irish american police officer who convinces um elliot ness the only way to defeat you know al capone and his thugs is, is to fight dirty and it's one of those movies that just i remember watching it um i guess i would have been god what would i have been nine or ten at the time and i remember watching it on tv so i don't know maybe i was 12 but I, I always thought The Untouchables, such a cool movie, such a cool concept. It, um, it made um, that Prohibition era and kind of old school gangsters and cops really cool. And, and his character's always sort of stood out for me. Um, and I, I think the fact that he, he won an Oscar for, for this as a Best Supporting um, character really reinforced, I think, the role that he played and in, in the, the gravitas he brought to the movie. Good call. Re- really, really good call. Um, and not just his performance, but like you said, a great movie and such a, you know, alongside Kevin Costner, De Niro, Andy Garcia, uh, just just such a, a great cast as well. A really good movie. One of those movies, again, where he, he puts on an actor, he plays the American accent in that one, um, which is, is interesting because, of course, Connery is so famous for his voice. Um, so for him to win it um, with an accent, I thought was really quite poignant um definitely well deserved and uh shame on me for forgetting to sort of consider that actually when i was sort of thinking i knew i knew it was going to be red october but when it came to my runner-up i started to sort of go through stuff and i i, I think i must have skipped over that one so uh shame on me it was I, I really wanted to pick a james bond movie and it felt like when you first said to me sean connery that was the path i was going down but i think just the james bond such a, a big category yeah, in itself yeah. that it's it's hard to really i think pick one movie for me um yeah no, and, and they're so special in their own way okay so one final comment there you mentioned about you know we grew up with these these guys and you know we're the same same with our parents you know they as you said they grew up with these guys as well that's that's how long they've been around and how how long they've been making movies and yeah, Clint Eastwood, what a good call. He's still directing and to a really good quality. Um, I'd have, have a real hard time picking for him. Maybe we, we bring him into the mix one time for um, peak performance. The actress for peak performance this week, I chose uh, Jessica Chastain. Um, so Jessica's an actress who I really rate, and I feel like whenever I – hear that she's in a movie i've always been inclined to at least consider checking the movie out um i don't always but she's become a bit of a draw card and i've i think as a as a you know she's now been nominated for the best actress oscar twice she feels like she could be like the next sort of male streep or someone who's at least someone who's best to it could be you know still to come so i was really keen to, to check check out what her peak performance might be at this point um I had, a, I had a few sort of contenders here. I really liked her in The Martian. Really solid performance. Also, I actually thought she was actually okay in X-Men, Dark Phoenix, for a movie that was otherwise, as we've talked about before, not all that great. I thought she played her role really well. I also thought she was fine in that 
uh, Huntsman movie. Um, I haven't seen her in a movie for a little while. There's a couple of movies I haven't seen yet, which is another reason why I was keen to to bring her into this list to see if any of them made your uh, peak performance conversation. One is a movie called The Help, which is where she got another you know Academy Award nomination, and also another one called Molly, where she starred with uh, Kevin Costner and Idris Elba. So um, apparently that's also another good performance. Um, and also I'm looking forward to seeing her in a movie called Ava, which comes out later this year with John Malkovich and Colin Farrell. But for me, the runner-up position, uh, I went with Murph from Interstellar. I, I thought she was really good as Murph, um, playing that role of a grown-up girl who was actually an adult daughter to a man who was younger than her. If you haven't watched the movie, that makes no sense. Um, but I thought she really nailed that performance. Um, and, you know, Interstellar being one of my top ten movies of all time, I guess I'm biased towards that performance. Um, but the actual, the, the main role for me, the the winner, and this is the first time I think I've chosen for me what I consider to be a cliche performance, i.e., someone sort of the role that they're most famous for, um, and that's Zero Duck Thirty. I thought in the role of that um, the, the leader of those U.S. Navy SEALs. Um, I thought she was just brilliant, really strong, really convincing, really confident, and I guess all those sort of things you'd expect, you know, sort of characteristics essential, I guess, if you're going to try and take down Ben Madden. Um, but that's the role that put her on the map for the for the, for the world and for me as well. And um, yeah, that's the one that just sort of always sticks sticks out in my mind. But yeah, definitely someone who um, I look forward to seeing more of in the future. Yeah, how about you, Dan? I just want to double check. Did you say Ben Laden or Ben Laden? Ben, yeah, no, Ben. Nothing wrong with Ben Laden. He's a nice guy. He's just he lives down the road. He's, he's lovely. He he's always a gets in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, tough choice. I think it's actually hard going second with these because as you're talking, I'm always like, please don't say my choice. Please don't say my choice. Is it true? And, true, true. and you've literally taken. Um, all of the, the the two choices that I think would make for runner-up, I, I agree with you around um, Interstellar, and and my pick is definitely Zero Dark Thirty as well. In fact, I think that whole you know both you and I are really big Homeland fans, and it's mm. it's kind of got a bit of a Homeland vibe to it in a in a way. Um, but yeah, stunning performance. The movie that I've actually seen her most recently in though is probably it chapter two so um which uh, it it, chapter one fantastic it it, chapter two didn't quite do it for me as much and i watched it on a plane you know how i do it um but yeah i agree with you paul peak performance zero dark 30 good choice good choice and a a good um actor and actress to choose so it's actually you know I, i keep saying it but Every time we talk about these different actors and actresses, and we can maybe introduce directors as well um, yep. at some point, um, it makes me want to rewatch movies. And I really liked how um, Norm chimed in and brought up another great movie, The, the Quick and the Dead. I definitely need to rewatch that movie. Agreed. No, so it's great. Great, great. It's good. It's good. 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 Good choices. And I think next time, I think next time, I'll definitely let you go first because yeah, I think I've gone first twice now for both the peak performances. So definitely your turn. Your turn to pick an actor and actress this time. My turn to pick the movies. And just looking at the clock, Dan, I'd say we're that's pretty much us this week, isn't it? 
Yeah, look, I think, um, look, if you're still with us, well done. great job. Pat yourself on the back. It's uh, it's time for us to go. Um, so remember, if you want to get involved, flick us a message, you can reach out to us at um, um, Half Measures Pod on Twitter. You can join our Discord page. If you want to sponsor the show, become a producer like someone like Samara King and Paul Kanawa, you can definitely do that on our, on our new Patreon page. All of the links will be in the, the show notes from today. But it's been great having – it's been great talking to you, Paul. It's been great having you along on the journey. Um, any final Thanks, thoughts man. before we close out? No, I've really enjoyed the conversation, and it always leaves me wanting to go out there and watch a whole bunch of things and – time is the factor that goes against me there's so many plans i have to watch so much stuff i'm gonna where can i make more time where can i make more time i don't know but uh no it's been a it's been good fun and yeah look as, as we've learned in dark paul time is just a construct and what you need is paul from 33 years in the future or the past to come and help you out spoiler alert that- for anyone who hasn't seen dark <laughs> Thank you very much for listening, guys. No one's listening. Now we're 20 in. Um, All right. Have a great time, guys. Adios. And we'll see you next week.